Well, welcome to At The Movies at Chase Oaks. So glad that you're here. Those of you who are online, if you're at home or on vacation or something, thanks for tuning in. And for those of you in the room, of course, it's great to have you here. And as in this series, we're taking each week around focusing on a movie for four weeks and taking the major theme of that movie to what God says in the Bible and applying it to our life. And we just saw this movie, uh, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, really cool to have Andy Park, a little cameo in there. So Peter's brother uh, is, the, uh, is in charge of um, the visuals of all those movies, which is pretty insane. And, uh, and so you'll, we have a postscript podcast. Uh, Peter just talked about the app, and it's always on the app. It's also on YouTube. Uh, after every service, uh, we do a postscript with the speaker, taking that conversation deeper than we can in the time of the service. And so it's always there. This one's a little bit different. They're not going to be interviewing me this time. It's an interview of Andy Park, and I encourage you to tune in and watch that. And with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which is our focus, if you haven't seen the series or don't know what it is, it is a fun series. Uh, great music, for one thing. Because the main character who's from Earth, the one thing he has is this mixed tape and an old Walkman that was a gift from his mom. And so you have songs like the one we just heard. That's the first five minutes actually played in the first uh, Guardians movie. Uh, also just fun characters, a lot of sense, a lot of humor in the Guardians trilogy. And it is three movies. The third one just came out. Today we're not talking about the third one or the second one, which means we're talking about the first one, see, yeah, and um, because uh, the third one wasn't out when we planned it, and it's also a little tough. Um, it's a great movie, very well done, but a little difficult. I, I would be careful about taking little kids there, but unless because they there's a little bit of cruelty to animal stuff going on there, and uh, and even some kids stuff. So if you don't like raccoons or you don't like kids, it's a take them. But uh, other than that, it can be a little rough. Um, and and the first one is what we're going to focus on. And the theme of the first movie is, and just listen to this and see if this doesn't sound familiar, is misfits on a mission as a group of random people who wouldn't normally be together are, are pulled together around a common mission and develop a sense of community and camaraderie around that mission to be involved in things way bigger than they could ever be involved on their own. And that should sound familiar. Because that's what you and I are called to be and are invited to be in this thing called church. As God is doing his work in the world through his church. And we're going to be talking about that and the role that you and I can have. But first I want to, I want to introduce us to these misfits on a mission. Um, in the first movie, uh, we're going to see that kind of grows. That, that some characters are added in two and three. But we're going to focus on the characters in one. And the first character is kind of the leader of the group is Peter Quill, who's the only earthling. We learn, actually, he learns in this first movie, he's actually a half earthling, not a full earthling, but he's from Earth. And Peter Quill, otherwise known as Star-Lord, let's watch. All right, so that's Star-Lord. You get a fill of his personality a little bit. We'll see some more of that. Um, and then some of the other characters, This and they are characters, and as we're going to see, and as they get arrested, this is from a lineup. Let's be introduced to three more of the Guardians. All right, so that's three of them. And then we're introduced to the last one a little bit later in the movie, who I think we have a still shot of. This is Drax the Destroyer, 
who is uh, kind of this big muscular guy uh, that's green and has a bunch of tattoos on him. And uh, I, we don't know where, I don't know where he's from. He's an alien who works out a lot or takes steroids or something. And he's got, everybody has their own backstory. He's out to get the, the bad guy in the movie who is responsible for killing his wife and child. But all of them have their own story. They have their own, their own kind of quirks. They have their own weaknesses. They have their own baggage. And it really is a, a group of people that would never be together but they are together because of a common mission. And they all come, as I said, with, they all have strengths, but they all have a lot of weaknesses too. And it's a great illustration, I think, of what God has called you and me to be, as they are the guardians of the galaxy, and this random group of people around a mission become the guardians of the galaxy and develop community and family. You see that through the movie. That's exactly what God has called you and me to do as well. He invites you and me in. You may, or you may be in or not, but the invitation is there. And the way God calls this thing called church, is, it's, it's just a Greek word, ekklesia, which means called out ones. The, the, what we are is people who've been called by God to be engaged in what he's doing in the world. And the good news about God is, is when he's picking his guardians of the galaxy, when he's calling out those that he wants to use to bring his, his love and power and all that at work in this world, is he doesn't choose like you and I do. He doesn't just look for the best of the best. In fact, as we're going to see, it's quite different from that. In Ephesians 1, Paul tells us it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's available to you. It's available to everyone. And like I said, God just doesn't pick like we pick. Like right now, the... You know, the Mavericks have the 10th, you know, the lottery, the 10th the pick in the draft. And they're sweating it out right now because they really need this one to be a good pick. And so they're doing what they should do. They're trying to find the best, best possible player that will be available because they really need them. And, and that'll be a big deal. But God, as we're going to see, actually chooses the opposite of that. Like the, the, the top of the draft board for God is very different than the top of the draft board for the way we tend to pick. And Paul talked about that in 1 Corinthians where he was talking to a church full of people who were a little proud of themselves. And they started as they came to know Jesus and God began to work and do some really cool things in the church. They started to get pretty arrogant. They started to get pretty proud. And we learn in the book that they even start excluding people from the church and from their table fellowship and they become exclusive. It's amazing how churches do that. It's not the way it's supposed to be, right? It's for everybody, but then once people are in, they make it about them rather than those who aren't there, and they become exclusive, look down on people. They're crazy, but it happens all the time. And so Paul says, hey, he just gives a reality check. And so in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. And you're acting like big shots. Remember, none of you are big shots. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one could ever boast in the presence of God. 
God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord, because he's the one who works. But he chooses. Notice what he said. God didn't choose many of you who were powerful, who were big shots in the world. And all. He didn't say any. He said he didn't choose many. And some of you are big shots. You are. And I'm not making fun of that. Like you, you're, you're, you've got a lot of intelligence or you have a lot of prominence or you're really respected. And you've got and that's that's a stewardship. And we need you. And, and I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad. And I hope you use that for God's glory and for his purposes in the world. But most people that God uses aren't like that. Like I said, his draft board is different. He flips the draft board. And what he gets a kick out of, and Paul is letting us know, it's for his glory. He just loves it. God loves to choose those who are nothing to shame those who think they're something. He loves to use those who would be the last to be picked and pick them and do the coolest things possible. And therefore, those of you who feel like you don't have a lot to offer, those of you who feel like God may, if God picks anybody, you'd be last. For those of you who maybe feel unqualified, you just need to know God would look at you and say, perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Because he chooses differently than we do. It reminds me of, a, of an interview I heard about, this has been a while back now, about 10 or so years ago with a pastor in Charlotte who's named Stephen Furtick and, and he's become very like well-known if you know about pastors. And this was when that was just starting, when people were just finding out about him and his it was grow, prominence was growing. And, and so the story that he told was he was getting ready for church and, uh, in, and he had YouTube on his, he was listening to some YouTube stuff on his phone. And when he looked at it, there was a suggested video and it said another really prominent Christian leader talking about him, Stephen Furtick. So he's like, well, that would be interesting. So he punched it. And what he did, the guy said, so what do you think about Stephen Furtick? And then this very well-known person said, oh, I'll summarize it in one word, unqualified. And then he just ripped him to say he's got this prominence he shouldn't have. He's not ready for that. He's way over his head. It's, you know, he's ridiculous. So just go, I'll, I'll just ripped him. And then he has to go out and speak and do his church thing. And it, it just was in his heart and head. And he's like, I, it, I think this guy's right. Like, I am unqualified. Like, I didn't ask for all this. And, I, and I'm, I am over my head. Like, I, should I quit? Like, I don't even know what to do. And God took him to this passage in 2 Corinthians 3, where Paul talked about it, the Apostle Paul, because he felt the same way. Paul said, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of this new covenant. He's just saying, hey, look, God's doing some cool things, but it's not because of us. And none of us are really qualified. I mean, Paul was saying that. But we don't have to be because God is the one who qualifies us. And I could relate to that. I remember when I was asked to be the senior pastor, lead pastor here. It, I don't think it was obvious to anybody. Oh, that makes sense, right? I mean, I, 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 and I felt it. I was like, oh, man, I, this is a lot. I don't know. And I remember that first Friday night, because we have Friday night church. Well, you are in Friday night church right now. 
in that first Friday night where I was the lead pastor, and it really hadn't sunk in fully what was happening yet until about five minutes before that first service. And then it sunk in, reality. And it was like this weight of responsibility just went foomp on my shoulders. Still there, by the way. And it is. It's a heavy spiritual responsibility. And, and when that happened, I said out loud. Um, and, and if you were around me, you would have been able to hear, even though there was some music playing. I just said, God, if you don't show up, we're all in trouble. And I still feel that way. But you know what God does? He shows up when we make ourselves available. What God looks for is not perfection. What he looks for is not how great qualities we have and all. God will use what God looks for is availability. And if you'll make yourself available to God, he'll use you to do things way above our pay grade. Because that's what he gets a kick out of doing. And if you feel unqualified, if you just say, man, I just, I'm not one of those big shots. I, God would say, Perfect. That's what he loves to do. Or you may feel disqualified. And that's important to understand too. The Bible talks about, Paul talks about that you actually can be disqualified. So it is a thing. And you think, well, yeah, after what I've done or what's been done to me, I think I'm probably disqualified. But maybe not. Because it's not about being perfect or not. In fact, the people who are really disqualified never think they're the ones who are disqualified. They think they're the most qualified. Because the people who are really disqualified are people who are arrogant and therefore not open to God. And they look down their nose at others and all that. And that, those are the people God can't do anything with. But if you and I are not perfect, but open and we're submissive to God and we're humble and we're saying, God, I want to follow you. I know I'm going to do it per, imperfectly, but I, I don't want I want to repent when I do bad stuff and I want to follow you into a better way. That's what God's looking for. God has only used one perfect person ever, and that's Jesus, who is also God, so he doesn't count. And if you look at all the heroes of the Bible, like a friend of mine years ago who was started to read through Genesis, and she's like, Jeff, all these people that like are the heroes of the Bible, they're terrible people. Like, look at what this guy, Abraham, oh my goodness. And, you know, just, I said, I know, I know, but that's what God does. And if you're open and available and humble, then God wants to use you. But it's a big decision. I mean, the opportunity is out there, but it is a big decision. And I want us to understand that. And we are about to go back to the movie. But first, I want to hear Jesus give that invitation to you and me. In Matthew 16, he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? What he's saying, Jesus, is this invitation. He's a, he came as a rabbi. Rabbis chose the best of the best. It was only for the select few. But it, Jesus wasn't like that. So Jesus is here with these crowds of people, just like he'd look at you and me. And he says, if any of you wants to be my disciple, any of you. It's not exclusive. If you want it, it's yours. But there is a catch. You must give up your life and step into the life that God wants for you. And focus on his purposes in the world. And if you do, you get to live way above your pay grade. It's a whole new life. It's way better. But it is a big decision. 
And in this next clip, we're going to see that same kind of decision as these individuals have to choose to become the guardians of the galaxy and to give their life to a mission to save the galaxy and to save the universe. And it comes with a price. And this is the pivotal scene of the movie. Let's watch it. <laughs> uh, by the way, the little raccoon guy, also Rocket, uh, does sign up. But when he does, he says some bad words, which gets you disqualified from being in at the movies at Chase Oak. So we <laughs> can show it. Um, but he, they all, you know, Annie up and, and that, that, that's really the moment where they become guardians of the galaxy. And as I said, it's a great, I think, illustration of the opportunity that's in front of you and me as well, because God is at work in the world and he invites you and me to join him. And when Jesus came, he came to inaugurate this, his plan and start his plan of redemption and restoration to this broken world and to, and to allow people to be right, to make it possible for people to be reconciled to him and to God forever. But then he ascended to heaven and one day he will return and he will make the world right again and all that. But in the meantime, he is at work. And he wants to use you and me and what he did, those of us who believe. And if you don't believe, you can. And he not only gave the mission of God to people, he gave the mission of God to a group of people, this thing called church, Ecclesia. If you want to know what God's doing in the world today, that's what he's doing. He is bringing his restoration, redemption, reconciliation, and pouring it out through this thing called church. Jesus said it in Matthew 16, 18. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not conquer it. And when you look at the New Testament, church isn't just Christians out there. Church, uh, when you look at the New Testament, church is expressed not just as individuals, but as a collective. The church is a a gathering, a collection. As I said, the word is ecclesia, the called out ones. And when you look at how it's played out in the New Testament, the church is expressed in local churches like this one. And there's lots of other ones. And throughout history, that's what God has done, is, is he's worked through these crazy, messed up things called churches. And right now, I think it's really important to understand because right now there is a trend because of people's disappointment and hurt with church. And I get it. Where a lot of people are saying, hey, I, I, Jesus, I'm, I'm all about Jesus, but church, I'm out. But here's the thing, you can't do that. Because what Jesus is using and building is this thing called church expressed in local churches. In fact, he calls church his bride. It's like, it's like meeting a couple and saying, yeah, I like him. I just don't like his wife and I'm not going to you know, hang out with her, but I'll hang out with him. Jesus said, no, you can't do that. And what God is using is this thing, because again, God uses the weak things of the world to do his greatest work. And hey, as a church, we want to be the best church possible and call ourselves to mission and call ourselves to be healthy. And we want that, but we're not going to be perfect either. And if you want to be involved in what God is doing, then jump into what God is doing in the world through his church. And at the core of church, it's not just a group of people you hang out with. At the core of church, just like for the guardians, is mission. Here's one of the ways God words that in Acts 1.8. He told his disciples just before he ascended to heaven, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, and that's God, the Holy Spirit, who indwells those who believe collectively, indwells us as a group. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, where they were, throughout Judea, Samaria, all the way to the ends of the earth. God invites you and me into a life of mission. 
and to join him in what he's doing in this crazy thing called church, otherwise known as Guardians of the Galaxy, or just Ecclesia, the called out ones. Um, here's the way we word our mission around here. Every church, you know, has a different way of wording it, but, but we inspire people to follow Jesus and together change our world for good. And key in that, right in the middle is the word together, together with each other, empowered by the, and, and, and with God, empowered by him. You and I get to be involved in things way more, way above what we could ever be involved in. And I want us to get a sense of that. And so we're going to see another clip as we're going to see what this group of people can do together, what they would never be able to do on their own. And that's, and this is the climax of the movie. So yeah, this is a major spoiler if you haven't seen it. And uh, because this is like when they defeat the bad guy and it is an intense scene and all. And so if you've got little kids, you know, you just think about that real quick. Um, But uh, it's yeah, you'll you'll see it. Well, let's watch it. As I said, a little intense as uh, as they defeat the undefeatable. But they're able to do that as mere mortals as they're together. To do what they could never do on their own as they become the guardians of the galaxy. And for you and me, we have the opportunity to be used by God. To be involved in things crazy big as God is bringing his restoration and redemption to this world. As he uses a bunch of misfits on a mission. With all our backstories and foibles and weaknesses and goofiness and as well as our strengths and abilities, he'll use all of it to do his work. I ran across this quote from Andy Stanley in a book called Deep and Wide, where he said, Blessed are the people, blessed are the people who get the opportunity to devote their lives to something bigger than themselves and who find themselves surrounded by friends who share their passion. That's the opportunity that God gives us as church. And the door is wide open for you to engage. And honestly, I don't think it's an accident that you're here. Right here, right now, in this time and space, at this church. I don't really believe in accidents. One word that God has never said is, oops. He's intentional. And I know some of you are just checking out church. And you're like, dude, this is my first time. Like, you know, I get it. I get it. But for those of us who are here and we think, man, I, this fits and all, you know, we're not just here. We're here with a purpose. We're not just, same way where God's placed you at work, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. We're never, at your school. We are not just here. We're placed everywhere we are. The Bible uses that word, placed, assigned. And, and I believe God has led us here to be a faith community together, a missional community together to change our world. Where we can inspire people to follow Jesus and together change our world for good. And for those of you who are engaged, who are making this happen, and God is using you to do that, thank you. And many of you are, and you're, you know, you're serving in different ways. You're giving financially. You're in community with other people, helping other people grow and encouraging them as they're encouraging you. And, and God is using you, and you're part of this wider thing that God is, is impacting this community by, in this world by, and thank you. And, and what I'd say to you is, just like Paul said in Galatian church, don't grow weary in well-doing. It's not always easy. And we can get weary. 
And so he says, man, just don't, because really the payoff is coming and God is at work. And, and, uh, and, and there's always a next step for all of us to take. And let me encourage you to be open to whatever, God, whatever next step God will put in front of you. And for those of you who are really not that engaged, um, we'll love you whether you're engaged or not. It's just the opportunity is there. It's just right there. And if you're waiting around to get yourself together or what or something, don't wait. I mean, God uses people who aren't so together to do his greatest thing. That's what we're talking about. He uses misfits on a mission. And let me encourage you to just take a step. That might be a, to get into a group or a community where you can encourage other people with your own story and your own and, and encourage them. It, it could be to begin to give. It could be begin to serve. In fact, on our app, and Peter talked about our app right now, one of the top three is opportunities to serve because as people have come back from COVID um, and, you know, getting used to church again, um, people are coming back, but serving is lagging, which fits, but there's lots of opportunity. If you wonder, am I needed? The answer is sure. Yeah, of course you are. And it's the people that are engaged who get the most out of it. And let me encourage you to, you can look on the app in the top three, if you want to know how to serve and in all the different areas. And somebody will reach out to you, will contact you if you sign up for that. Because ultimately, it's not the people who are fans in the stands that really get the most out of it. It's people who are on the field. Just like, you know, I'm an Alabama fan, and I I don't know if we'll get national championship again in my lifetime. I don't know. It was fun for about 10 years. And we had some, but as a fan, it was fun. But my brother's nephew-in-law played for Alabama, Keaton. And he has a few national championships because he was on the field and he played in those games. And it's a whole different deal there. And, and it, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul at the end of his life who's able to say this. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure, his death is near. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And what he's saying is, hey, look, I've played. I've been engaged. I've been on the field. And now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, his heavenly reward that God will give to me. But not only to me, he says, but to all who have longed for his appearing, which means when we choose to set our life aside and live in light of eternity and long for his appearing one day when he'll return and make this world right again and we give ourselves to that mission, those are the people who really share his glory for all eternity. And there'll be a lot of us in heaven, you know, who have been here at Chase Oaks serving together, who will like high-five each other for eternity. But man, you remember that? That was crazy. Yeah, I never thought God would use me like that. But that's what God does. And so thanks for being a part of this crazy place. And let me encourage you to take whatever step God has in front of you. God, Jesus said it. It's open to anybody. But it, there does come a cost. It's, hey, set your own life aside, your own agenda aside, and focus it on him and the life that he has for you. And we're here to help make that happen. So with that in mind, let's just go to God in prayer and ask him, okay, God, what next step do you have for me? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you do love to use a group of otherwise random misfits on a mission, except it's not random. 
because nothing is in our lives and we're here according to your purpose and you open the door wide open for us to dive into what you're doing in the world through your church. So Father, I pray that you would just make clear right now whatever next step you want for us, that you have for us. That you help us to keep taking steps and keep joining you in what you're doing in the world. We thank you that you get a kick out of using people like us. Imperfect people to do incredible things. In Jesus' name, amen.